Welcome back to the Oklahoma Today podcast, bringing you all the best our state has to offer. This week, we've got the organizers of Oklahoma's oldest free fair, the Hydro Free Fair, in to talk about the event's history over the last century and what you can expect when you go this year. But first, a word from our sponsor. You are called to be bold. You have a right to the best wireless service, high-speed internet, and customer service at a price that you can feel good about. At Bravado Wireless, we know this, and that's why we put you and your community first. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. All right, let's uh, dig into our question of the week. We spend an awful lot of time on the road here, so this week's question is, what is your favorite small town in Oklahoma and why? First up, Editor-in-Chief Nathan Gunner. This is a hard one because there's a lot of small towns I really love. Yeah. Um, And I have a feeling that a couple of mine are answers that everyone else has prepared. So I'm going to go a little bit out and I'm going to say Poto. I really love Poto. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Poto's a cute town, Mm -hmm. isn't it? It's a lot of fun. It's really pretty scenery. Um, There's some great state parks near there. There's a couple really good restaurants. Warehouse Willie's comes to mind. It's a really good steak. World's Highest Hill. Um, World's Highest Hill. Thank you, Poto Chamber of Commerce. Very good gumbo. (laughs) Um, Really good coffee shop. Um, And just a lot of fun to be had. So Poto gets my vote this morning. There's a nice boutique, women's boutique there as well. I can't remember what it's called, but it's but it's really nice. Their downtown is nice. Like um, my favorite, the, one of my favorite things downtown. If you walk around, I couldn't tell you how to find this. Sorry. Um, somewhere on one of the buildings, there's a there's a, a plaque, and it marks an uh, I think a bank that Bonnie and Clyde robbed. Oh, cool. And it's just this out of the way uh-huh. plaque, like on a build on the corner of a building in Poto. I just think that's so cool. So, also, uh, also known for its French history. Really. That's why it's Poto. Toto. Oh, I had no idea. There we go. Okay, I like that. You learn something new every day. Even about towns you love. We were part of the Louisiana Purchase, so. We were, in fact. Cool. All right. All right. (laughs) Managing editor Carly Ibarra. Not French, as far as I know. No, I don't think so. Um, (laughs) Carly. But uh, my favorite small town is definitely Tahlequah. I love driving there. It's so beautiful. There, There is so much wonderful Native American culture lots of museums to see and um, like a real nice kind of college town vibe with like coffee shops and restaurants and stuff like that and they have the only Del Rancho in the state that offers breakfast <laughs> right. so. our resident Del Rancho scholar Carly Ibarra uh-huh. uh, yes uh, well yeah and your uh, your Del Rancho story was very good and made me <laughs> very hungry I was I was mm. like yeah, yeah I kind of so wish hungry. every time I every time I drive past one in Oklahoma City, I'm like, yeah, I, why are, why don't you guys do this? Let's mm-hmm. get some breakfast going. Yeah, I've eaten at all of the Del Ranchos except for the Tahlequah one, but wow. I'm waiting until I'm really, really hungry you for breakfast. You want it to be a special occasion. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> a steak sandwich supreme and eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, photo editor Megan Rossman. You know, I usually uh, say like Beaver's Bend and Sulphur, and I do love those towns, but I they think good towns. this time I need to give a shout out to Grand, uh, not Grand Lake, but Grove. In Near Grand, Grand Lake. Oh, Near yeah. Near Grand Lake. Uh-huh. Um, I have gone there on a number of occasions because my sister-in-law is from Grove, and I love boats and lakes, and they also have this gas station called Tomcat Corner in Grove <laughs> that has really great barbecue barbecue sandwiches hmm. so it's kind of a tradition of arriving in Grove getting a barbecue sandwich and then at some point eventually almost sinking a boat that's, <laughs> oh, 
that's what we do at Grand oh. Lake. So, oh have you have you ever been to the botanical garden there I in have Grove? Not. It's little, but it is so cute, and they have lots of like little Japanese like maples and stuff. It's oh. to, it's donation only to get in, so it's pretty okay. cheap. It's a really really nice afternoon. I love that. That sounds like that might make a good photograph mm-hmm. for an issue at some point. <laughs> if only we knew someone. If only we knew someone <laughs> with a camera. <laughs> Research center Ben Lucian. What about you? Well, I've spent days thinking about this one. <laughs> days and days. Um, my so I really like uh, Krebs, Oklahoma. It's just mm. for the novelty oh, value yeah. of it. Um, just to answer. have a a entire town just themed around um, just red sauce Italian cuisine. Heck I mean yeah. that is uh, that's something special. It's hard to beat in my mind. It's yes. hard to beat. Do you have a favorite place in Krebs to eat? Um, pro- well, I'm so Pete's place is of course uh, very classic. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I wrote a whole blog about my. My uh, trip to Rosanna's. Love so, Rosanna's. Yes, huge fan of that um, place. That that was a big one. I almost uh, bought a T-shirt from there <laughs> when I was there. So I, sh- I probably awesome. should have because that would have been another good work shirt. To have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that was one of the before we got on the pod. We were talking about um, when I was a kid and driving to Arkansas to visit my dad, and we would always stop at Rosanna's and eat. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, it's coming from um, coming from OKC and then driving uh, east for a really pretty drive yeah, out to Krebs mm-hmm. that whole area. <laughs> Nice hills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Greg, what do you, what do you, what's your, uh, what's a small town that you love? Well, uh, keeping with the word the theme, favorite is so hard, right? It, it is. Like, yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, uh, in this case, uh, I am choosing Okarchi. Good ah, choice. Nice. Just, yes. uh, and, and much like the, uh, it's not as scenic maybe as the drive to Krebs, <laughs> but I have always loved, it's I'm like, a big fan of, I'm, like I'm a big fan of that minutes, landscape. Uh, heading up, uh, um, North Oaks Expressway and, uh, it, was just, it's always been really fun. It's one of those places that my dad is obsessed with. And <laughs> like literally my, my daughter's birthday uh, coming up and my dad was like, oh, should we, uh, should we, uh, you want me to go get Aishans? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't go get my no, 10 year old daughter. Oh, well, we have gotten it to go many really? times. Oh, Air yeah. fryer. Air fryers have changed yeah. the okay. Aishans game. Uh, All right, good to know. But, huh. but yeah, I, I'm like. This is I, a hack from your friends at <laughs> Oklahoma Today <laughs> Magazine. I just don't, I was like, Dad, I just don't think a couple of 10-year-old girls are super into fried chicken. So, I know. Oh, you don't know my niece. Pizza. Well, I don't. And that is uh, by design. <laughs> I, I try not to know anybody's Only nieces. if the fried chicken is cut into the shape of dinosaurs. <laughs> That's right. Are they into it? But it's also just, Okarchi is a really lovely little town. It is. It, is, it, has, a, it has a great small town vibe, but as soon as you get beyond the borders, it's still pretty wild out there very bucolic and yeah. hilly and yeah I just I, I love it out there and as much as I enjoy the drive out the drive back which has to be made slightly slower so yeah. you don't hit bumps because you are full of chicken but also you're trying not to fall asleep so there's a, there's a needle you thread oh, there yeah, yeah. yeah. it's uh, yeah, yeah. If, if you drive out there now you will definitely see scissor tail fly catchers definitely. because we drive out that way a lot and yeah. there's a ton of them so if you like them it's a good time to go there you go just don't take any of them to Aishans and have no. them fry um, <laughs> that, not nearly enough. So nobody took any of the towns that I didn't take because I thought you guys were going to take a lot of them. Nobody said Bartlesville. 
I which surprises I me. I figured you would say Bartlesville. I didn't say it because I thought someone else would say it. Uh, <laughs> nobody said Elk City, which is a great little town uh-huh. that we all like. Yeah. Woodward um, and Kingfisher, which is right by Okarchi. Yeah. I think Kingfisher Medicine is, Park. Medicine Park That's is a good one. Wonderful place. Yeah, there's a lot we could just sit here for a long time. And do I, this, but, you know, I was actually um, thinking El Reno, but then I looked at it, and El Reno's just not that little. No, El Reno is not small. It's nice. Yeah. There's cool mm-hmm. stuff in El Reno, but it is not a small town. It's a Edmund. Suburb. Edmund is not a small town. <laughs> Edmund's like the small town. fourth Road biggest, there. fourth or fifth yeah. biggest town in the state at this think, point, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 It's it, Norman. it surprised me as I was looking yeah. through the list. I was like, wow. Well, and yeah. then there's like some that's like, even Bartlesville, I was like, is it small? No, like, that was what I yeah, thought about too. Like, I was like, it's pretty big. It's biggish. Like, like Enid is biggish. Muskogee uh-huh. and McAllister yeah. are both pretty big. Like, we have some mid range cities that it's hard to call small towns but yes mm-hmm. yeah. um, they still kind of have that feel though I think if you live there you feel like it's a small town True. Weatherford my hometown oh gosh I was about to get in trouble wasn't I? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of great small towns in Oklahoma we should do a story <laughs> <laughs> that would you know what we should we I've should, had an idea we should make room in this magazine to talk about Oklahoma towns at I some agree point. I agree and attractions and re- you know what restaurants Ooh, it's we about time I we think we finally have a magazine I think we finally have a magazine <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, let's talk to the folks at the uh, Hydro Free Fair about the upcoming event. All right, folks. It is the season for free fairs, and we are very happy to have a couple of folks, Charlie and Crystal, organizers of the Hydro Free Fair, which is, uh, I believe, the oldest in the state. Is that right, guys? That's our, yes, that's our understanding. We started in 1907. 1907. Same age as the state. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So it's obviously a different kind of thing now, but how did things like this start? What was it about that part of his, that time in history that made people want to start having these, these fairs in their towns? Well, ours, ours started on Main Street and it started as a mule show. And <laughs> then it eventually uh, grew into more of agricultural exhibits than just that. And then it turned into the, uh, what we consider the fair. And then for several years we had a, uh, We had traveling carnivals that came in. And then uh, before my time, and certainly before Crystal's, but grew weary of that, of dealing with traveling carnivals. And so we began trying to uh, gather our own rides and amusements. And so that started in about 1960. And then uh, we still have all that cultural displays and all the other uh, exhibits. Uh, that make it a free fair, but then we also have a unique set of rides, we think. Anyway. And uh, we went through a period of, of time where our rides went actually from being uh, old and obsolete to being uh, some old classic and some of them, just a handful of them left in the United States. And so whether we liked it or not, we, we inherited a, a very unique situation here. Yeah. I love that. Tell us about some of those rides. What, 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 and just in general, some of the things that, that people can expect to, to do and some of the fun they're going to have if they, when they come to the Hydro Free Fair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. But I think our most unique one is we just uh, had a carousel restoration project, which we're still raising money for, but we have restored our carousel. And Charlie can give us some history on that. That's exciting. Yeah, it looks amazing. Carousel, Charlie. Well, uh, 
I saw some numbers from the National Carousel Association that said, uh, I'm sorry, I should have. Uh, okay. In, in about 18, from about 1865 to 1935, there were about 6,000 carousels that were carved, wooden carousels. And now, uh, according to the census, there's only about 160 left. Whoa. So we have one that was made uh, early 1920s, and we had it restored. And uh, the fact that we had it restored kind of makes us, in, in carousel circles, kind of makes us very uh, unique and popular because carousels kind of went through a hard time in the 70s. It became very chic and very cool to... Uh, own a carousel horse, so a lot of them were salvaged. A lot of them, they would buy the carousel and do away with the rest, uh, you know, take the horses and do away with the rest of it. So we lost a tremendous amount of carousels. I feel like I remember this trend as a kid. I feel like maybe I knew some people who had a single carousel horse in their house, and now yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like that's as cool as I did at the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and so there, there are, there's really two entities within the carousel um, family they're the people that want the collectors you know and they collect certain horses and try to have as many horses as they can and then there's what they call the purists who really want it to to be an active carousel and, and uh to be uh one that kids can ride on and be used and so that's what we've accomplished is we restored our carousel as opposed to going to salvage or being sold off piecemeal so that kind of makes us popular there from the purist standpoint uh, the other thing that makes us a little bit unique is that some of these carousels that are restored, they're restored by someone and put in a different place. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a wonderful video called James Carousel that depicts the story of carousel in Youngstown, Ohio, that ended up in Brooklyn. It's underneath the Brooklyn Bridge. It was restored, but it's not their carousel. But this carousel is our carousel. We restored it. The fact that we're in a little town about a thousand. Um, so people can so people can come and ride the carousel. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Okay. Yes. That's yeah. so exciting. Uh, and we are still raising funds to finish our project too, so they can also donate. Yes. <laughs> An opportunity to do some good. Uh, okay. The idea that they somebody might be able to come and ride one of the horses that their grandparents rode, you know? Uh, I mean, how, how cool is that? Cause, cause that's the thing we, the, the historic fairs really are about connecting to our history. Uh, and, and, uh, and these, the free fairs kind of across the state are a chance to also reconnect with the, with some small towns and, and, uh, get to know our neighbors. Yeah, if, if you come to the fair, you will actually see uh, on the wall, there's a picture of Crystal as a young girl riding a horse. And then you, we have a picture. And she's pretty famous here. She, we have a picture of her with one of her uh, uh, children riding a horse. And then uh, we have that horse now. And that's one thing that we tried to do, and we were able to do it uh, uh, very well, is that we kept track of all the horses through this period of time, and we know which horse is been the restored horse, what he was before he went off. And so, if someone does, as you mentioned, if they show up and say, "Well, I used to ride this pink horse," or "Or my grandmother painted on this horse," or something like that, we can actually take them and show them the actual horse that it is today. 
Oh, show them a picture of when it left and what it looks like today. They've been so. repainted several times by different townspeople. And whenever we had it restored, we went back to the original colors. Oh, wow. Uh, they're not exactly the same colors as maybe you remember, but we still have the, we can track them. The heat source has something unique, either on the bridle or on the saddle or something that lets us trace it back. Say, okay, well, that's this, that's this horse right here. And if we've got an old picture, you know, we can look at the horse and say, okay, that's this horse. You know, here he is when he was this color and here he is today. You know, it's really, it's really been uh, good for our community uh, because they didn't want to lose some of that, you know, and so we tried to keep the continuity together of the history of it. I love this so much. So, uh, first of all, Crystal, I didn't know we were on the, on the interview with the celebrity, so... Yeah. Oh, well, no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you guys, you know, since it's been going on since 1907, do you get a lot of people who, who say, oh, my grandmother brought me to this? Or do you get a lot of families with like multiple generations that come through the fair? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Actually, one of the one of the entertainers we're going to have tonight uh, called uh, he lives in Arizona. He remembered his grandmother bringing him. Uh, he has a music career now that he's uh, working on, and he called and wanted to know if he could come and sing at the Hydro Fair. And we said, absolutely. But it's not unusual for people from Hydro to they plan their family it's vacation. Yeah. It's basically a big reunion yeah. <laughs> for anybody that ever came. People from Weatherford will deny this if you ask them, but people in Weatherford spend all year looking forward to it, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, they always like their money. Secrets. No, they won't even deny it. They will proudly say how excited they get about the Hydro Repair. Yeah. I know I did. I still do. Um, I love it so much. So um, talk, tell us a little bit about, uh, first of all, I think it's so cool that it's such a cool event that musicians are calling you and asking to perform rather than the other way around. First of all, like, that's just awesome. Uh, but tell us a little bit, tell us some of, you know, you've got live music, you've got rides. Uh, tell us a little bit about what else goes on during the fair. Well, we have, being a free fair, one of the statutes that you have, have livestock exhibits. So we'll have uh, horse shows, uh, we have a uh, we have an actual horse show that's like for 4-H kids. Then we have a team pinning thing in the evenings, which is more of a, uh, a local rodeo type event. We'll have all the livestock exhibits. Uh, we have kids races and turtle races. Uh, we'll have a parade. Uh, we have a big quilt show. We have uh, we have lots of vegetables in our in our building. Canning is kind of a lost art, although it's kind of has picked up in the last few years. We have a big canning exhibit. And art. And art, lots of art, yeah. And then I'm also gonna, in the evenings, we have the games and the rides. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, guys. I, I think if I came, I could beat some of those turtles. Not all of them. You probably <laughs> got some that are champions, but I feel like I, I feel like I could give a few of them a run for their money. Uh, what, what's well, you gotta fit in the you gotta fit in the barrel. Uh, oh well, now that is gonna be the that is gonna be the real issue for me. Uh, I yeah. Uh, how many people are coming to the hydro free fair every year? Well, that's that's a question we get asked a lot, and uh, because it is a free fair, we have no real way of telling. We we don't charge any admission sure. for any of the exhibits or anything, and some people will 
come every night and some people will come multiple times during the day. They might come to the races and then they'll come back that night. So it's hard to tell, but I assume we can, we, our tickets are 50 cents for the rides and uh, we will run through around 150,000 tickets. Wow. So that's, that's the only way that we really know and have uh, a, a grasp on, on the, uh, the crowd. It is packed. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Crystal and I are seldom outside of the fairgrounds once it starts and everything, but I'm told by people that come into town that once you get off the interstate, there's a, there, there could be a traffic there. And, and then we've got golf carts that go out four or five blocks from there and pick up people and bring them. So okay. we don't worry about We've not have to, had to worry about a crowd at all Yeah, for a long time. I love this so much. Um, so if I, I, I want everyone to visit hydro cause I think it's a lovely town. I think you guys have an absolutely gorgeous community and I, every time I drive by it and look out, you know, and see you guys see hydro going up the hill there, I just think I, it makes me happy. Um, I also remember from being a kid, uh, getting to take field trips to the peanut plant. So I have a lot of, a lot of good memories. I hope there's peanuts at the fair. <laughs> Well, <laughs> there is still peanuts at the grocery store. Oh, if you wow. want to go get peanuts there, yeah. <laughs> they have a whole. It's called Newtopia, and they have a whole section of peanuts. Perfect. So that actually kind of gets into what my question was, which is, um, what are some of the things as people come to Hydro for this event? What do you hope that they notice about your community and take away, or visit, or just anything that there there is to do, see, feel, experience in Hydro? I would love. What, what should people keep their eyes open for? Well, I think the first thing you'll notice is that it is a community. I mean, we're all in this together. I can't tell you the number of volunteers that it takes. And everybody is a volunteer. Nobody gets paid anything. Uh, the food booths are all local vendors. Uh, our FFA, our Masons, our school groups are all uh, uh, part of the community. Um that I mean, that's the biggest thing. We're just all in this. I mean, it's a. It's so that a, means when you come to the fair, most of the town shops and stuff will be closed because everyone will be at the fair. Right. Yeah, but right. we we do have two um, restaurants that have uh, opened recently: Gloria's and Linder's. Oh, awesome. And then yeah, and then um, we're definitely trying to do some beautification work on the town, and because it is a cute little town that we Adorable. like to keep going. I love hydro. Yeah. Well, uh, folks, if you are interested in attending the hydro free fair, and let's be honest, you are, you want to see me take on those turtles. It is coming up uh, Thursday, August the 17th, and it runs through Saturday, August the 19th. It is free admission, but tickets to the rides are 50 cents. So uh, ask your grandma for some pocket change. Uh, I think you're going to have a good time. Uh, Crystal and Charlie, thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you for asking us. Okay, that thing about the carousel is pretty cool. Yes. Um, I'm excited about that. I think that's really neat. And I didn't know that carousels were so rare. Especially like the classic ones. Yeah. yeah. So you guys didn't weren't on the interview, but one of the things he was telling us is that like a lot of carousels, especially in the like old those old carousels in the 80s, mm -hmm. it became a fad to have a carousel horse. 
as like a decoration oh, in your house. Oh, yeah. So a lot of them were dismantled. A lot of those historic carousels were dismantled to make decor that I'm sure most of which is in a landfill. There's an antique shop on Main Street in Bethany that has like seven of them in the window. I don't know how much they are, but that's cool. Isn't the apple tree? Yes. Yes. Next to Papa Angelo's, right? Yeah. So if you're looking for a carousel horse downtown Bethany. Or the heaviest pizza in Oklahoma. Or the heaviest pizza literally in Oklahoma. Anyway, it's going to be a cool fair. Like I said a million times in the interview, I grew up going to it and it really is a lot of fun. And Hydro's a great little town like it's just really cute another another one it's one of those next time you're driving out west on i-40 or you drive past it on i-40 just look over there like when you go past hydros look over there because you'll be like that is cute look at that little town going up the hill it's a cute little town yeah yeah all right, it's now time for us to once again plumb the depths of TravelOK.com's calendars for our weekly pod vents. And first up this week is Ben. Sure, I like to dance. <laughs> it's fun, but there's no one who wants to watch me do it. I don't have rhythm, I don't practice, and I don't really know any moves. It's all just vibes for me, and I'm totally cool with that. But it's not great for building an audience. So if you're looking to take in some rhythmic movement that actually qu- requires some practice and skill, and maybe come away a little more cultured in the process, stay far away from me and consider going to the 45th Wichita Annual Dance in Anadarko instead. Watch as first American men, women, and children compete for cash prizes in a number of categories, including fancy, traditional, grass, straight, buckskin, cloth, fancy shawl, jingle, and more. But the dancing doesn't even come close to encapsulating all the goings-on throughout the weekend. There will also be cloth contests for traditional regalia, a single elimination team horseshoe tournament, and the annual spirit walk in 5K and one-mile distances. And all of this is in addition to the many enticing food and vendor booths that will be on site. The festivities will be occurring Thursday through Sunday in and around the Wichita Tribal Complex, about a mile north of Anadarko on State Highway 281. Admission into the event is free and open to the public, which is another way that this is better than whatever I could do, because if you want to watch me dance, you're definitely going to pay for it. (laughs) For more information, call 405-247-9677 or visit wichitatribe.com. I bet you got some moves, Ben. I bet you got some moves. moves. Not planned. I was interested in the uh, in the elimination horseshoe tournament, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. because uh, which I believe is a takeoff of the original elimination grenade tournament. Uh, oh, Nate! I spilled uh, coffee all over my white shirt, folks. Uh, this is live. It's leave it in, Bridget. It's leave a it in. Yep, leave it in. All right, Carly, all right. what's your event this week? My brand new white shirt, by the way. Sorry, Carly. <laughs> Anyone who's anyone knows the seminal 1991 Paula Abdul song, Rush Rush. But if you're not a member of the Forever Your Goals and Guys fan club, you might not know the version in Spellbound is actually her second draft. As the FYGAG vice president, I have unearthed some of the secret original lyrics. Rush, springs, hurry, hurry, watermelon lovers come to me. Rush, springs, I want to see you get sticky with me. Rush, springs, I can feel it, I can feel it in my tummy. Rush, springs, ooh, what to do with these seeds? That 
That's right. Singer, dancer, choreographer, and American Idol's most confused judge is obsessed with the Rush Springs Watermelon Festival and Rodeo. Anyone who attends the Fruity Fet on August 10th through 12th will not be confused as to why. Since 1948, the southwestern Oklahoma town has treated more than 20,000 visitors each year with 50,000 pounds of watermelon. There's also a seed spinning contest, arts and crafts fair, and a carnival. And the whole thing is free. Just bring your wet wipes and a big appetite. Take a gander at facebook.com slash Rush Springs Watermelon Festival for more details. That was so cool. <laughs> I love that festival. It's been around since like 19, like really long time. 48? Yeah, 48, I, I think. think. Yeah, yeah, I think. Was, yeah. I was about to say that, and then I was like, no, that's wrong. That's so apparently it was right. Carly has been vice president of that club. Yes. You know who's president? Who? MC Scat Cat. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> nice. Should have known. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's too bad those two didn't work out. <laughs> They're still friends. They're still friends. We remain the best of friends and ask for our privacy at this time. <laughs> Nate, what's your event? Uh, so I can hear what you're thinking, right? Like, it's Nate's turn. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. And then you realize that it's August, and the Women's College World Series has been over for months. And I can't talk about it. And so, praise be... The USA Softball All-American Games is a prestigious tournament that will be hosted at the USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium in Oklahoma City's Adventure District Thursday through Sunday, August 10th through 13th. The event will provide national exposure to elite athletes in the 12U age division and has been designed to identify and highlight the best athletes from across the country. Each region will select teams, 30 players and four coaches, to represent their geographic area. Additional at-large selections are given to regions with highest registration. That's actually kind of fun. Designation, this is cool, designation of USA USA Softball All-American team is the highest honor a player can receive and instantly brands the player as one of the top athletes in the United States. Only 360 girls nationwide will have the opportunity to wear the USA Softball jersey at this elite event. It will feature a free camp for all players, a meet and greet with USA Softball national team members, and opening ceremonies. And regional teams will compete in a three-game tournament. So visit usasoftball.com for more info. That sounds like fun. <laughs> you thought you thought you were free of softball. <laughs> never. And you can uh, never get enough softball. I agree. You you're and your passion for it. That's, That's what really so cool. It is. It's so well, like, I think part of it for me too is like I remember being on the like the playground as a kid and like girls would come up and want to play sports and got boys would be like, We can't play your girl. And I was like, why? Like she's faster than you. Like so I just anyway, I just think that's cool. I think it's awesome that like women's sports are are having a having a moment and I hope the moment continues in perpetuity. I was I was I was actually explaining to my uh, nephew last night the differences between softball and baseball and how, you know, he was like he was, Oh boys can't play softball. I go, Yeah they can. Not as well as the girls. Well yeah I've said there's mixed teams and it's and and when you do you have to pitch underhand. That's it's they're two separate sports, they're just very Similar. Yeah, and so. let me just say, my friend Kristen played Swa- played Swasu softball. She once underhand pitched a donut at my head, and it was about the scariest thing. <laughs> like, an underhand pitch does not mean slow. No. No, no, no. 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 Anyway, There's we can a- stop talking about softball now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Megan, what's your event this week? You might be in your 50s now, 
but you're still hanging tough and taking things step by step. <laughs> Summertime. You got it. <laughs> Baby, I believe in you. Oh. I'll be loving you. If any of this sounds vaguely familiar, you may indeed be in your 40s or 50s by now, and the OG boy band New Kids on the Block is here to serenade you in your middle age at the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant on August 11th. And baby, they're in their legacy years and the crowds are still swooning, so tickets are $200 to $300 for general admission. But that's a small price to pay to finally see Donnie, Jordan, Joey, and the other guys in real life outside of your Trapper Keepers and the teen and tiger beats of yesteryear. Plus, there's a spa, movie theater, art galleries, multiple pools, and of course, a casino at this place, too. So see your boys and make a weekend of it. For more information, visit ChoctawCasinos.com and click on the events page. Were you guys new kids? Kids? No. I was a little bit you before were too, me. You were a little too young, Carly. Yeah. Were you, Megan? Uh, no. I, I, I thought they were very silly. I was <laughs> having silly. none of it. I was not a fan. What about no. you, Greg? Oh, girl, you know what's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, that, like, they came out with that album Step by Step, and I was, mm-hmm. like, try- I was in the fifth grade, and I was, like, trying to fit in, and I went out and bought it, even though I was like, I don't really like this, but I'm going to buy this tape. And I went, I took it to school. I was like, I got the new New Kids tape, and everyone's like, we hate them now. I'm like, okay, I, was, I give up. I Literally, I give up. Like, I I'm was no longer... really, really young. <laughs> when, like, I think I was in kindergarten when New Kids on the Block was, you know, in their heyday. Yeah. And I... <sighs> There was a faction of girls that I was opposed to who were big fans. You were opposed to. Like, it's a political war. I know. Like, it's House of Cards. (laughs) So it was, you know, I was like, no, I can have none of that. I am Paula Abdul. Forever your girl. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so. Treasurer of the fan club. Man. Mm -hmm. Paula was great on American Idol, too, man. She's a very entertaining lady. That was great, that thing you did. Yay! Like, she was so funny. Oh, (laughs) man, this is going to be so awkward when we have her on next week. (laughs) Hi, Paula. (laughs) Hey, she will be treated like the gift that she is. Yes. Uh, What's your event, Greg? (laughs) Well, after my crushing failure at event planning and the complete lack of interest uh, from the public in the concept of art that you can't see at my completely dark arts festival, I have now have a newfound respect for the brilliant minds behind Tulsa's Illuminate Arts Festival. Yes, apparently people like art that they can, quote, experience, rather than my idea of shoving people in a small, unlit room and telling them how pretty everything would be if only they could see it. (laughs) Anyway, if you're one of those elitists who enjoy seeing the art instead of just trusting me, you should head to Tulsa's Global District for this year's Illuminate Arts Fest, featuring live art from local artists Mei Yang, Dan Rocky, and Kawai Kanahile. Yep. Okay. Nailed it. Vendors, performing artists, and food. Uh, The fun starts August 12th at 5pm. For more information, search Facebook for Illuminate Arts Festival. I didn't even know the Global District was a yeah. it was a thing in Tulsa. That's neat. Yeah. I'm gonna look that up today. Mm-hmm. You know, we should do a story. We learn something every day. Why do we do we do? <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. I'm sure there's plenty of it's room in the next day. issue. Uh, <laughs> sorry. And the sounds of the other two new kids warming up <laughs> means that this episode of the Oklahoma Today podcast is coming to a close. But if you can't get enough, head over to oklahomatoday.com and pick up our latest issue on newsstands right now. Send your feedback to OKTPod at TravelOK.com and we'll talk to you again next week. The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of Oklahoma Today magazine and the Oklahoma Tourism and Recreation Department. Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunner, Greg Elwell, Carly Ibarra, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song, editing, and production help by Oklahoma Today's production manager, Brandon Sloan. For more information, visit OklahomaToday.com. Goodbye.
Girl. <laughs> Girl, you know, it's true. Oh, wait. Was that them? That's Billy Vanilli. Oh, I don't know. <laughs>